The new, improved sound quality of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, L5rshop.com puts it in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, episode 35, Gen Con 2011 Wrap-Up. I'm Chris Stevenson, and with me in this episode are Trevor Valentine, Kevin Kennedy, and Justin Purdy. The first half of the episode are the snippets that I recorded as field reporting during the course of the convention, and the second half is the conversation with the four of us about what we played and saw and did at Gen Con this year. Note that this episode and the following episode were recorded together, so if you hear some references in our conversation to something we'll talk about later, it will be coming in episode 36 as soon as I get that finished. If you'd like to hear more of Strange Assembly, you can visit us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. There you can visit us on our forums or subscribe to the podcast RSS feed. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can also get the latest Strange Assembly updates from Facebook or Twitter. Just search Strange Assembly with a space on Facebook without a space on Twitter. As I said, up first will be the Gen Con field reporting. This is a first for us doing something like this, so I'd appreciate it if any of you have any comments or criticism about it. If you would send them to chris at strangeassembly.com so we can know whether or not to try to do reporting like this in the future. a.m. on Wednesday, a.k.a. the day before. What with all the recording equipment, we are driving this year. Probably should have loaded this stuff into the van last night, but now's as good a time as any. Hey, Benjamin, want to say anything to Daddy when he leaves? No, you just want to eat the digital voice recorder? (laughs) Benjamin's thrilled with Daddy. Good news, everyone. We're moving. I was going to do this cute thing where I started the car with the recorder on, but after loading everything in the van, it was so hot that uh, I needed to get the air conditioning going. Someone needs to turn down the sun. Today in the car, I've got my iPod for entertainment. My wife gave it to me as a wedding present. We've got on tap an episode of the Dice of Doom podcast, a couple episodes of the Dice Tower, and a string of episodes of the History of Rome. And now we'll go off to pick up our fellow travelers. 
just realized I forgot some stuff. After calling home, I've determined that it's the protein bars I bring to cons, so I have some sort of food to keep me going, other than pizza, and our backup microphone. So, uh, I don't really feel like spending an extra hour and a half to drive back and get it, so hopefully the fancy system won't break down. Here's hoping. 4.30, we're now in Indiana. I don't know what I was thinking. I should have just paid the ridiculous fees to transport all the recording equipment on an airplane. Oh well. 6.43 p.m. arrived at underground parking lot for La Quinta Inn and Suites. Proceeded to hit my head on low-hanging pole. The dangers of being tall. Back at the hotel after visiting the convention center to pick up a bag. Luckily, I already had a badge. So no, I didn't actually pick up a bag. I ran into Trevor who already had a bag. But I had a badge so I was just able to grab a lanyard and I have tickets for all my stuff tomorrow so I don't have to do that. Turns out the Invitational is at noon, not two, so there's no way I could make it after a morning Heroes of Rokugan L5R 4th Edition session, so I think I'll just play the RPG twice tomorrow before going to the Dragon Clan dinner. On the downside, it seems like it's going to be swelteringly hot here during the day in Indy. On the upside, unlike Atlanta, when the sun goes down, it actually gets a little bit cooler. I'm heading out to get some actual food, decide do I want to go to a real restaurant or the good old steak and shake, cheap and right near the con. It's always handy to keep up on real food. You don't watch yourself and you'll find that you've gone four days on pizza and chips. Possibly the best meal I've ever had was at something so random as a hard rock cafe after four days at the Dragon Con where I basically didn't eat real food. You gotta watch that kind of thing. Steak and Shake has been conquered. I met up with Mike Petke, uh, had a little talk about Enlightenment and War of Honor, and now I return to the hotel for RPG character tweaking and hopefully a good amount of rest. A little after 8 on Thursday morning, leaving the hotel room now. Unfortunately, the clock had AM and PM reversed, so no alarm this morning, but hey, I can get a wake-up call tonight at 7.30. Isn't that useful? Luckily, the hotel provides a nice free breakfast, which I will quickly avail myself of before heading off for Heroes of Rehuden. On my way now, Heroes of Rohugan today is at the Omni Severin Hotel. I think they're splitting the various tables up, two places in the Jennings Ballroom. If not, then it's going to take me a while to find them. I would note that while the breakfast at the La Quinta is free, it is also pathetic. 
I, I didn't think when they said that they had biscuits and gravy and waffles that they meant that all they had was biscuits and gravy and waffles plus some sugar bomb pastries which is not what I'm looking for in the morning and of course I had to relearn the most important lesson at any convention don't leave your room without your badge finished first Heroes of Rokugan mod winter court Kudenhita. I can't really tell you what happened during it in case you might want to play it yourself. Was not the most fun I've ever had playing the L5R RPG. There were a couple of players and characters who were designed to mostly be goofy, I felt, and the whole my objective is just to sleep with everyone sort of character to me it kind of breaks you out of the setting and uh, makes it less fun oh well they've apparently decided to completely redo the layout of everything here at Gen Con this year fantastic in the CCG hall now luckily this year AEG actually has a banner up last year uh, I think they weren't told in advance that Wizards had changed the rules about who was allowed to have what sort of displays up in the CCG hall and so what AEG had brought was not allowed but giant AEG banner hanging that I can go find this time let's see who's around the Invitational should have begun now, and the grinder has been going on for a couple of hours. What? I'm here with Brooke, Cunningham, Macbeth. This is the rules team interview. This is all you get. You're not important enough to actually get a real one. Thank but there you. it is. Thank Everything you. to say? Uh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy busy being the head judge of this qualifier. Please, like that takes any effort at all. This has been the strange assembly. The strange assembly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm here with Evan Paul, as you know him from what he's guest hosted. He's begging, begging, begging me to deliver some sort of message to you guys. So here's Evan. Watch out for Crane. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's some brilliant insight, Evan. <laughs> Part of the new layout means that we can wander directly from the CCG hall into the exhibit hall unlike last year when we had to walk about 15 minutes to do that. Very nice. Giant war machine figure from Privateer Press. Not bad. People are impressed enough to be taking pictures with it. Heading to AEG booth but distracted by Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars license. Mmm, Star Wars. They have prototypes for some sort of miniatures space combat game and a card game for Star Wars. Yep, that's Star Wars X-Wing for the space combat minis game and the Star Wars card game is a living card game. AG does have great clans for sale for the first time here at Gen Con, so that should be coming to stores relatively soon. The Gen Con pack here actually has a relatively nice selection of AEG coupons as well, uh, discounts for Thunderstone and Nightfall and some L5R stuff even. 
Oh, they have uh, all Emperor Legal demo decks here at Gen Con. Uh, I might have to see how many of those I can abscond with so I can talk to you guys about them later. Picked up the con pack. Now I shall go try to find food and or generic event tickets that I'll need for Friday and Saturday. Just finished my second Heroes of Rokugan session. I, it was New Beginnings, which is the first mod. It's obviously a little basic. Uh, replaces the Test of the Topaz champion that Heroes of Rokugan 2 started with, but it sets the stage for the meta plot of the Spirit of Bushido campaign. I, uh, I rather enjoyed it. Uh, everybody got to do something useful. Uh, everybody took it seriously. There were people who didn't really for the system because it could be an intro campaign, but the GM handled it very well. He was also quite descriptive. Hey, Peter, you did a really good job as GM if you're listening to this. Finally picked up my badge, but the event reg line is still ridiculous. You think you'd be able to walk up to a machine, stick your credit card in, and it could spit out generic tickets. Uh. A little bit after 10, I've just departed the Dragon Clan dinner, which I think it's shorter than the other clan dinners. The Scorpion and the Mantis seem to still be going a little bit. We had it at the Rock Bottom Brewery for the second year in a row. Uh, before I was doing it, we were trying to have it at the Ram, which does not work very well. The Ram is very cool and very popular. It gets taken over by Privateer Press. It's right near the con. The problem is that it's absolutely slammed all night for the entire con, so you can't really seat 16 people together. It does not work very well. Uh, if I was a more gung-ho dedicated sort of fellow, I'd probably be going off to test and play with a bunch of other people and then stay up till 3 in the morning, but I'm uh, sad, so instead I'm going to go home and or go back to the hotel and hopefully sleep got to be nice and fresh for my um, wandering around tomorrow morning. Feeling more rested this morning as I am leaving the hotel after 9 instead of trying to be somewhere by 9 that requires additional prep. This morning is just going to be my first chance to really hit the exhibit hall. I know I was there yesterday but was in and out in about 10 or 15 minutes, which is not even enough time to glance at a fraction of the exhibit hall. <laughs> Apparently I left the hotel too early. I forgot that the exhibit hall does not open until 10. The thing really needs some better hours when at your opening you already have a horde of people waiting. You should probably let them in and sell them stuff. Cursed socializing, it's after 11 and I still haven't gotten into the exhibit hall. Also, Fred knows way too much about G.I. Joe. Pretty good line for the Neverwinter booth, some sort of mass adventure. Wizards is apparently doing a cross-platform, let's call it, launch for that with Legend of Drizzt as the board game and the Neverwinter RPG book. 
Cryptozoic has banners up for Vampire Diaries and Big Bang Trading Cards. Also, a food fight game. It is a very lame day for Cryptozoic, apparently. Cryptozoic has the World of Warcraft CCG as well, but I'm the only gamer left in the country who has not played World of Warcraft ever, so... Um, Weird Miniatures has their Malifaux game, which looks kind of cool and creepy, but I've never had the chance to play. The Gen Con gift shop has unfortunately been combined with a random t-shirt place. I used to never visit the gift shop because, you know, it costs money for something that's not a game, but uh, since I've been going here after getting married, I try to get my wife some sort of souvenir. Unfortunately, the t-shirts this year are not as nifty as they were last year. She actually wears that one. Cardhouse is selling something called Tanto Kuore, maybe? It looks like a deck-building game about scantily clad Japanese maids. Oh dear. Days of Wonder is pimping well everything. They have a whole bunch of good and classic stuff. Small World, Ticket to Ride, but Memoir 44 seems to be taking a prominent place in their booth today. I don't know if I didn't notice it in prior years, but they've got a little row of authors. Uh, random fantasy novels, small press, trying to get out. There's a book about the making of the Lord of the Rings movies, if you really want to be obsessed with that. If you're a big Zelda fan, STL Ocarina will sell you actual ocarinas. I honestly don't know if those existed before Zelda or not. Looks like UFS and some other things are still going at Jasco Games. Next to that there is Geek Chic, home of really cool gaming tables and furniture that Lord knows I'll never be able to afford. Oh my god, they've even got a touchscreen one now. Green Ronin Publishing has a number of interesting RPGs they've been putting out. There's the Dragon Age, which I think is relatively new. I've heard it's quite deep and complex, which may or may be good or bad, depending on what your preferences are. They have the DC Universe license now. They also have a horror steampunk looking thing called Unhallowed that's in a revised edition as well as a variety of D20 products. Oh, I think there's a new edition of Mutants and Masterminds too. I'm that guy. It's uh, pretty popular for a non-D&D sort of RPG. Oh, White Wolf. How you have... Fallen. I think they've put all their resources into that MMO. Uh, a lot of their stuff is done in conjunction with drive-through RPG these days. I think they have a joint booth this year. Uh, White Wolf did have a few non-print-on-demand uh, books this year, including uh, the Dance Macabre for Vampire of the Requiem, which uh, is for sale here. That came out earlier this year. 
Summoner Wars from Plaid Hat Games. Um, maybe on wet, uh, maybe on Sunday I'll have the chance to get over here and play this. Uh, Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower fame has spoken very highly of that game. Oh look, it's another kilt selling place. Kevin would be so happy. New at Gen Con this year are a big Lego booth and Reddick Eye, which I think is a card game that's done in conjunction with the Cartoon Network or some Cartoon Network property. Uh, maybe I'll have the chance to get those on Sunday. They look like pretty big pushes for those games. Stopping back through the AEG booth on my way out to head to the Mikado for lunch. Looks like it's really kicking over there. Lots of people getting demoed with those Emperor Edition legal starter decks, plus of course Thunderstone and Nightfall and one little table with, I don't know if that's their one or two playtest or demo copies of the upcoming Ninja Legend of the Scorpion Clan board game. Uh, it's, Ninja is not going to be on sale soon. Ninja, well, it's going to be on sale soon, but by soon I mean in 20 minutes. They've cleared off one half of the merch table at the AEG booth to have people start forming up in line for Ninja to go on sale at noon. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be waiting in that line since I got to get me some food. Little girl dressed as a Dalek. Cute. Dude dressed as Lilu from the Fifth Element. Terrifying. Apparently Mikado closer than I remembered it being. Maybe I should have hung around and tried to get Z on, on tape chatting about something. Oh well. As you can probably hear, there's way too much construction going on in downtown Indy this time. Uh, apparently the Mikado is going to be as far away as I thought it was. War of Honor tournament should be kicking off very soon. Uh, there has been some scuttlebutt going around that Dynasty and or the Straw Dogs are going to try to work to make sure that Chagatai's kid becomes the Shogun and request that said kid be a Kolak. Uh, I hope this doesn't happen because if the very first War of Honor event features a group of 15 plus players working together, it's going to make it a pretty lousy experience for everyone else and bode very poorly for the future of the format. Just finished up with the Mikado lunch presentation by Todd and Ed from AEG. Have my copy of Ninja, Legend of the Scorpion Clan in hand. Maybe I'll get the chance to play that before the end of the weekend. Uh, they talked about the upcoming Blood Country expansion for Nightfall and there is also going to be another Thunderstone expansion before the end of the year. 
uh, one of our listeners had wanted to find out about the status of Tomb of Yuchuban, and uh, I asked about that, and they kind of decided to do a do-over on that. They had it very near to production and decided that it was too much, basically too much of a straight running of the tomb genre or the tomb style into Legend of the Five Rings. As Ed put it, we had a game where someone killed a goblin in Scorpion Lands and then found the ancestral sword of the Lion Clan and that just did not have an L5R feel to it. So they went back to the drawing board a little bit and are in the process of working on that again. Relatively late in the evening on Friday. Uh, Obviously well done with the design team and story team interviews at this point, although the design team interview is actually just Reese because he now is the sole lead designer. There's no lead developer anymore. Mark is doing stuff with Thunderstone. Interview with Story Team went a long time. Uh, Hit Steak and Shake again. Actually got a shake this time. Afterwards, not sure why. Uh, Came back to the hotel room. Muttered back and forth a little bit about which deck I was going to play. I've ended up deciding to go with uh, Monk Lightment, although I cannot seem to find Masters of the Body. Well, I can find one, but I can't seem to find any more in my cards to save my life, and I know I have a playset. A bit vexing. Uh, The storyline tournament today resulted in Moto Chagatai's kid being picked with the specific request that he or she be a Colat. This, the result of a finals match that involved one dynasty guy inviting another dynasty guy to ally, thus giving the other dynasty guy to win, and resulting in exactly the result that the dynasty had gone into the tournament shooting for. I'm uh, not sure how many of them there actually were in the War of Honor tournament, but it's a little disheartening for War of Honor. Correction, AJ is not in the dynasty. He had just agreed to work with them on this particular pursuit. Uh, I apparently lose Gen Con. It is Saturday morning. I am at the convention center. And I, for the second time in, oh, three days, I left the hotel without my badge. Except this time I got all the way here before I realized it. Uh, I suck. 
All right, this is John Palmer reporting from Gen Con, uh, trying out Chris's software here. Um, been having a great con, not doing so well with the event, but uh, the turnout's been awesome. 173 people for the first qualifier. I've got this guy yelling over me on about draft or something. I don't know who the heck cares about that. This isn't magic. Um, I feel like I should stop talking now because you might actually be able to understand me and I might say something I'll regret. But uh, just played here against Chris. He enlightened on me. Uh, I am playing Spider, so that probably is fitting. Other than that, I don't know. That's what I got. Uh, just finished up round one of the second chance. You heard from John, my opponent. I have no idea what he said because I was handing in the match slip. Uh, I managed to squeak out an enlightenment win by finally ripping a changing paths off of a dove tattoo granted imperial favor cycle, which gave me access to the ring of air uh, and let me swing in. The dove tattoo also was what let me get a second Kehoe off despite his first uh, action play of crippling weather. So uh, I don't know how good enlightenment is for my nerves. If I had been any other deck, I would have been down on a couple of guys and one province against a massive horde and I would have been done and that would have been that. But uh, got to keep on plotting with enlightenment. On to round two. Just finished round two against Toby playing Scorpion Magistrates out of SSK. Uh, Toby's too nice to admit it, but uh, I bollocksed things up in that game. And then he was smart enough to just sit back and ride his stronghold to victory without giving me uh, the chance to, to pull things out. The final straw that broke my camel's back was my Ryoshin's Guidance flipped off off of his Hisoka refill and wiped out my Takashi's Guidance along with my hand of about, oh, 16 cards. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. He had to screw it up. He didn't. Hey, this is Andrew Lennox from Gen Con, uh, playing Phoenix Clan in the Second Chance Tournament. Um, we're so sad that you couldn't be here with us today. We've got hundreds, how many, how many people are here today? There's over 200 playing in the main event. There's 200 playing in the main event in the Second Chance together. Uh, they're handing out promos like hotcakes. Don't, don't, don't use any of this. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I know what I want to say. I would just like to gloat because months ago I predicted that they would change Dishonor to the end of to the end of your opponent's turn. And it was revealed at Gen Con that I was right. So I'd like to take this chance to gloat and say in your face to all my friends. <laughs> the end. You just heard from Andrew. That was my third round opponent here at the Second Chance. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm on Monk Enlightenment. He's on Phoenix Enlightenment. So, uh, out of Shrine of Champions. So that uh, can get a little weird sometimes. But I was able to get out to an early jump by actually starting with fire in my hand, getting that into play right away, uh, and then killing someone with it and doing a string of reactions 
options to get Void into play, uh, capping that off with uh, an Imperial Command to remove the guy I just killed from the discard pile, preventing him from using Shiva's Guidance to bring him back, leaving him without anyone bowed, which then prevented him from dropping the Ring of Water he had changing paths for earlier the turn. Uh, later on, I was able to balance in an isolated guy and chain a string of actions to air and water at once and then earth at resolution. So, uh, at least I had a game that did not take forever, though. Uh, that one went pretty quick because we actually had attacks instead of just staring at each other. We have a lunch break. Uh, I forgot about that. I should go get food. It's a good thing. Does it sound like I mention a lot how it's important to go eat? That's because it is. I'm with Todd Roland here at the AEG We Make Fun booth at Gen Con 2011. Uh, and I, I'm going to hand it over to Todd now, and he's going to tell you guys a little bit about what's going on here at the booth. Hey, everybody. Well, we are having a great time here at Gen Con. Actually, we've uh, had the release of Ninja this week, and it's going really well. We have about five tables of demos going at the moment, and people have been really excited about it. It's got great figs in it, and so we uh, want all the L5R fans to definitely check it out. Um, our War of Honor tournament went really well yesterday. Um, it was actually really nice to see the uh, crowd gathered around the final tables, you know, just like they are in the big, you know, single player or, you know, two player world championships and stuff for War of Honor and everybody said that they were had some great, great games in that. Uh, Nightfall's been doing great for us. We've sold through most all of our Nightfall and our martial law and we're actually really, really looking forward to our big gaming night tonight uh, where we're going to have tournaments for Nightfall, Thunderstone, L5R and we're going to have many tables, I think 24 tables of Ninja set up for people to come play. Uh, we're going to be doing some big raffles including our, our 10 p.m. Raffle is probably our biggest, which is the one of everything in the booth. So uh, someone will walk home with uh, one of every game we have. Uh, we are drawing the line at games. We will not give you volunteers or chairs or tables, but you can have one of the games. And uh, other than that, yeah, we've just been having a great time. So it's been a great Gen Con this year. I just have one question for you, Todd. Now, if the person who wins one of every game flew in, are you guys picking up the baggage fees? <laughs> no, we are not. They simply win the prize. It's completely up to them how they get it home, what they do with it. Uh, you know, they may want to be giving and share some of the love with others in the end. I don't know. But, no, we, uh, we can't help them get it home, but we can definitely award it to them. Thanks a lot, Todd. Uh, this has been Strange Assembly at Gen Con 2011. Still en route to lunch. I'm looking out over the RPG hall. Uh, it's easy to forget about this because the L5R RPG is separate. And we spend most of our time down in the CCG hall, but there is a truly massive number of people playing Dungeons and & Dragons and Pathfinder. There's also quite a swarm of people out in the miniatures painting area, including a speed miniatures painting competition, which looks really weird and tense. On my way back to the CCG hall by a different route, got some caffeine in my system too, which I failed to do earlier. There are some decent costumes here at Gen Con as you walk through the hallways, but 
I have to admit it's hard not to think of Dragon Con and how <laughs> infinitely many more there are there for that sort of thing. One of the more popular viewing events here at uh, Gen Con 2011 is a Lego Robo Rally. They have a variety of little robots built, a flying saucer, R2-D2, one of those things from WALL-E. Or, I'm sorry, no, they have WALL-E. And then they have some green thing that's familiar, but I'm blanking on what it is. Uh, tinkering with the round system here at the main event and second chance. Basically, it's just five to make the cut. If that uh, is not exactly 16 or 32, then an appropriate number of people get buys in the first round of the limbs, while everybody else plays to get it down to exactly a top 8 or exactly a top 16 and then proceeding as normal from there. Just wrapped up round 4 against Noah Lukies. I apologize Noah, I probably just killed your last name. Uh, he was running Palace of Crimson Shadows Dishonor. The game ended pretty abruptly. Uh, I had a dove tattoo to strip his favor which let me attack and drop fire and air in the first battle and kill his Hisoka. And then on my next turn, I was able to Seeker's Temple for water to go with the Void in my hand and then rip a Changing Paths off of my Nakahara, Balance of Water, and a flurry of actions later. That's Void and Water and then Earth for taking the province. Uh, GG. I... You, it's pretty rough to get all of the combination of cards. I think I had one card left in my hand. I used every single thing I needed. I had every single thing I needed right then. It's uh, probably not going to happen again. Finished up round five against Eric Pfefferly playing uh, Mantis out of Aramasu's Vigilance. Uh, looked like magistrates, he had a lot of magistrates on the table. Uh, not anything particularly distinctive uh, about the deck, I guess. He attacked and took provinces, I attacked and defended and played rings, I attacked and played rings. Uh, then I ended up with a giant grip and he basically had to, he, he flipped all holdings, he had to either attack and hope I didn't have water or, what, never attack for the rest of the game, you know, and let me draw more cards. So he went in, I chained some stuff, and a couple action, couple, and uh, poof, water done. Uh, now we're on to round six. I have to win uh, one of my next two, and then I have to deal with the elims in that case. Hello, my name is Alex Nagelbord. I'm a Manus Clan player, originally from Chicago, Illinois, down here for Gen Con. And as for my opinions regarding this, uh, this convention, I'd say it's a pretty good time. Really good convention. Grinders were... Just a, just rough. And 
in terms of the mechanics, in terms of what I'm seeing here, I'm seeing mostly military actually. I'm not actually seeing that many, like I'm seeing some dishonor, seeing some, some honor, but I guess the biggest surprise that I would see from my fellow Manus is the resurgence of Seven Seas Port, actually. This really ridiculous Uber Blitz deck that's designed to take one province turn two, two provinces turn three, and the last province on turn four. Yeah. Like, you probably know what I'm talking about. I've seen something similar in the AV Blitz, but this is mostly focused on the scout actions and the force buff from the strongholds. I am glad to see the Seven Seas board is actually useful now. I am very glad to see that. Yeah, though I am sad that Dragon's Guard City will not be returning, because that is my main deck. It is very much my main deck, and I will miss it terribly when it's gone. Just as when we got the awesome commander in Second City that makes small follower builds possible. But of course, he goes away. Oh, and for the record, I think that I think the Second City governor should be Manus, regardless of everything. Shouldn't be a tournament prize. We got there first. I'm kidding, mostly. But yeah, we shall see. Yeah. And, and as for the fortune tournament, I'm really hoping to name Udamaru the fortune of resourcefulness. The birds are up just on the right. And I'm going to go play another round. So, yeah. You just heard from Alex Negavort, my sixth round opponent. I managed to take that game, uh, which puts me up to 5-1, which should be in the cut, although I imagine we'll still play the last round uh, to try to get the bye in the top round of 32. Uh, I don't know if there was anything uh, particularly noteworthy about the game. He was Mantis Dragon's Guard City. Uh, I got my claiming the throne up early and missed being able to claim by one force because I had 12, he had 4, and curse you Dragon's Guard City and your 8. Uh, but I did get the two rings out then, and then I got Ring of Fire out later with uh, another attack, although I had some heavy casualties inflicted by the heavy elites, and uh, after he dragged me down in provinces, I was able to attack. Uh, he defended, and I got to enlighten out. If he hadn't defended, I would have. I had the balance in water anyway. So on to round seven. My name is Cameron Canero. I'm from the Philadelphia Playgroup. Um, here at Gen Con, I had two major, or minor issues, I guess. Uh, first being the story. It seems kind of repetitive at this point, um, and things need to be uh, changed up a little bit. Um, secondly, the War of Honor tournament was single OM, which, after a month of playtesting and whatnot, seemed kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, kind of wasted our time. Uh, that was Cameron. He was my round seven opponent in the second chance events. Uh, got off to a bit of a bad start with his Crab Scouts, and I uh, was able to, you know, break an army, snatch a province, and enlighten. So at 6-1, I'm in. Uh, I'd like to sit here and pretend to think that that gives me a chance to have a bye in the first round of the Elims, but frankly, with 
112 people, I think that it's only going to be the top handful of guys who don't have to play in the round of 32. So, uh, probably more for me tonight before the uh, big game night. Just wrapped up the top 32 match. Uh, only the top. I was eighth out of Swiss. Only the top five got the bye. Uh, as I suspected, there were a lot down to 5-2. Uh, we did best of one. Uh, I got an early claiming and went in for it. And he had crippling weather, and I could not, uh, could even pretend to win a battle under that circumstance. Uh, my opponent was Jason Perry, uh, Spider Breeder. Uh, but this does free me up to do whatever the heck is going on at the big game night. Uh, and it looks like they're about to start up the costume contest, but hopefully Jason will talk to you first. Hi, my name is Jason Perry. Uh, I just made the top 16 at uh, Gen Con in the second chance tournament. Um, I knocked out uh, Chris Stevenson here. Uh, sorry, Chris. Um, this is my first Gen Con. I am a uh, Southeastern Connecticut player. Um, and uh, it's been a really amazing experience. Uh, I've had a blast. Uh, I came in and uh, did the Thursday Grinders, uh, went four and three, and then I did the War of Honor tournament on um, uh, Friday. So I really love War of Honor. I think the game is great. Um, tournament format and the competitive play, I think, is still a really heavy work in progress. I got to talk to some of the guys here, and um, you know they're aware of it. But uh, it was really cool watching the finals of that game. was was really awesome. Um, and uh, I'm really happy to be here uh, making the top 16 in the second chance. Uh, uh, trying to prove that Breeder is not a dead deck. Uh, and I'm just having a great time. Uh, Chris is awesome. Listen to the podcast. Costume contest is ongoing. I'll put my money on the crane corner, Stephanie, or the Cooney Witch Hunter. Let's see how wrong I am. If you have generic tickets, if you do not have the actual event ticket, we're going to want you to line up here to my left along this way where they're going to give you your wristband and your raffle tickets. If you are, if you have an actual ticket and you'll be receiving the swag bag, the raffle ticket and everything else, we want you to line up on the right side. Now, we would like you to form two lines. When you're facing the booth, if you want to play in the L5R events right away, line up on the right side. If you want to play in the board game events right away, Nightfall and Thunderstone and Ninja, line up on the left side and filter out to the left. So the L5R players can filter out to the right. That way we can control the crowd a little bit better. If you can't, if you're in this middle area, if at all possible, please walk to the back and come down the line so that the people who are getting their tickets can then filter in this way. If you could hear any of that, that was Todd giving instructions. There's a lot of that tonight. Let's see what's in the swag bag. Uh, a copy of Nightfall. A set of, I'm not sure how many that is, six, eight packs of Before the Dawn. 
Oh, wow, that's just a whole stack of promos for all sorts of different games. Ooh, I don't know if I have any Nightfall promos. Uh, the Ronin tile promos for War of Honor, a Before the Dawn starter deck. I got Lion, although I still think it's Spider or Crab when I look at it. Ooh, Myth Pantheons. I did not have that. And a coupon for half-off any one item. That will probably become Thunderstone Dragonspire, which I still haven't picked up. They are handing those little scrolls you saw on the Gen Con website out to uh, the top of clan for the costume contest. There was no dragon entrance. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to that scroll, but if it doesn't hand it out, I'm going to bum rush Fred and or Sean. First place in the costume contest went to the Cooney Witch Hunter. Uh, two of the other three I picked out were the other two that I picked out now were. Go the top away, you four. all make me angry. Uh, also, uh, Scorpion. Apparently, I should have gotten the silly kimono and Daisho from Justin because apparently they are just not going to hand the Dragon Scroll out to anyone. Fantastic. ended up playing in the Thunderstone tournament at the big game night. Uh, you, as if it is, you know, play the game with a pot of people. Winners go on to the next round, kind of like they did with uh, War of Honor. Uh, won my first one, didn't win my second one, so I'm finished with that now. There's just the one game left. Uh, everything's mostly wrapping up. They're down to the top eight for the main events. Got four Forgotten Temple in it. Oh dear. Uh, I think the Scorpion managed to pick up the sealed event and the suicide final is ongoing. About time for dinner at Noodles and Company with Mike Petke again and with Kevin Kennedy from Strange Assembly. Well, it is approaching midnight. I feel like I should go to the Ugly Monkey for the partiness, but again, I am quite exhausted despite getting a relatively normal amount of sleep while I'm here that seems to have been the case for all of this con. Uh, we're down to the top eight in the main event in the second chance. Half of the top eight in the main event is Forgotten Temple, which I imagine will make a mess of what the story team has planned for the Ivory Kingdoms if that happens. Tomorrow I will have my basically day off. Hopefully we'll get the full tour of the exhibit hall, maybe do some demos. Heading out for the last day of Gen Con now. Uh, getting a little bit of a late start today because I had to spend time on the phone with USAA. You may or may not care to know that Katie and I uh, have, uh, or at least are in the process of purchasing a little townhouse. Uh, so I've been trying to deal with some of that remotely from Gen Con. Uh, and I finally was able to get somebody on the phone at the insurance company. Uh, oddly enough, when I 
call them at midnight getting back to my hotel room. They're not there. Who knew? Uh, Sunday can be a little sad at Gen Con. The exhibit hall is still pretty full with all the people coming in to look at stuff, hoping to get deals on the last day of the show. But, uh, you know, most of the big events are done. L5R is down to just these final top eights. Uh, there's no RPG, or there's no L5R RPG. So, I'm hoping to hit the exhibit hall mostly today, plus see what happens with the main event. Thanks so much for getting Dragonspire with my half-off coupon. Uh, they're sold through on that. They have all the other Thunderstone stuff. I suppose I could pick up a second copy of Forgotten Legacy at half-off and then, you know, sell it. You know, I should uh, probably play Pathfinder at some point. I, I know, I know, I know. I actually own D&D 4.0 and I don't own Pathfinder and why would I ever play D&D 4.0 or something like that. Uh, the ISO booth has a lot of volunteers handing stuff out. They also have some DVDs. Uh, including, uh, apparently there's a special edition of The Gamer's Darkness Rising, which I actually found uh, pretty amusing. I thought the original Gamer's was pretty painful, uh, but the, the sequel was kind of funny if you haven't seen it. Well, I knew that they had some LEGO games, but they have just a lot, apparently. Uh, I'm going to be so hosed when Benjamin gets older. Uh, in the background, you might be able to hear the Radio Disney that is here entertaining the kids at the Mayfair Training Ground, University of Catan. Across from here, they have a super fancy pants 50th anniversary edition of Stratego, so if that was the sort of thing you liked when you were younger, you could maybe check it out. Oh! Monopoly Futurama, coming soon. Ooh, Futurama. Somebody just handed me a Redekai card. They're these fancy-looking holographic, transparent, stack the cards on top of each other. It, it looks a little cool, but I... It's also got everything numbered in the hundreds. When, you're, when your monster has a 200 power or something instead of 2, that makes me think that it's aimed at small children who think that giant numbers are, well, cool. Wow, Mayfair has a lot of train games. If a zombie survival role-playing game is the sort of thing that you like, Outbreak Undead looks like it has some pretty high production values. I want to look at it. Cubicle 7 has a The One Ring role-playing game. Uh, I wonder how much better that is than the much derided Decipher Lord of the Rings RPG. They also have a big sign-up about Abney Park Airship Pirates, which perhaps has something to do with their Victoria on Victoriana line. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Abney Park is a band. Uh, I must ask about this. Okay, sounds like Airship Pirates is actually its own role-playing game line, uh, and they've sold out of the corset. They have uh, an adventure as well. 
or ruined empires, although obviously you can't do much with an adventure and no core book. Just finished a demo of Rune Age, the upcoming deck building game from Fantasy Flight. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was the way the demo decks were set up or something, but uh, you know, some of the decks, you know, a couple of the decks seem to be able to do just kind of really silly recursive things immediately, whereas uh, other decks were just kind of sitting there. Uh, it took ages to get off the ground, and uh, I don't know. Since I was playing one of those decks, it, uh, just completed my obligatory buy my white something trip. Uh, got her a pint glass and a t-shirt. Not that we'll ever actually use the pint glass for beer, but you know that's something I sometimes get her when I'm coming back from things. Uh, unfortunately, the t-shirts are just kind of lame this year, so I don't think I'm going to be getting one of my own. Top four in the main event down to Crab versus Oni and Mantis versus Oni. Go not Oni. I just happened to run into the L5R player who won the super duper raffle last night at the AEG Big Gaming Night for one of everything in the booth. Uh, he was indeed flying and had a whole bunch of stuff, so I was able to buy his copy of Thunderstone Dragon Spire uh, since I wasn't able to get one at the booth. Just sat down and played some of the upcoming Star Wars card game, uh, living card game from Fantasy Flight. Uh, I have to say I did not get to play enough to form an opinion as we got slaughtered. It's a cooperative game with the players representing rebels going against the Empire and uh, it just dropped uh, Darth Vader and a bunch of ISDs on this and we died. Popped off to get lunch. I'm not much of one for sitting there and staring at a match unfolding. But apparently they're done because I'm on my way back and just ran into Fred who told me that they're doing an award ceremony. So I guess I'll go see that. I think that's going to be top of clan and such for the various, well, clans. That was pretty dumb. Uh, I know there were plaques for Top of Clan. I'm not sure what other awards there are other than winning and Top of Clan. I guess we'll find out. And the winner of the L5R 2011 World Championships is Daniel Walker playing Forgotten Temple.
sure it's some sort of blood oath for Andrew, I don't know. So it was Marika and then the line character that he's not yet in front for and we're gonna try to make it happen. Fred was all anxious for me to get back here. For the Phoenix. Uh, I think we're done here after one last Boots Bonsai. Uh, apparently I count as top dragon in the second chance because I was uh, top after Swiss that came with some quantity of boosters plus another quantity of boosters for being 25th overall after losing in the top 32. I also got a copy of the scroll, so even if the other copy doesn't get posted up Hello. by whoever... Who, oh, wow, well, there's Just more a noise. moment. I'm your fourth runner-up, and also... Uh, just in case anyone here is possessed of a good deal of physical resources, European Championships are going to be held in Dublin, Ireland this year. I see you Greeks! They're going to be held in Dublin. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be the 28th to the 30th of October. We're going to do a three-day event at GaleCon. There's a thread up in the forums. You can email me about it. I'm on that thread. There's a Facebook page. Just go look for European Championships 2011. So if anyone at all can come, it'd be brilliant to have some of you over there making a truly international event. And we're trying to bring that flavor to it. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, Trevor will be there for that. I don't know if Kevin's bothering to go over this year. Okay, people kept saying that the the silly made game was good or nifty or whatever. So I actually went over and demoed it. Uh, it's like Tantu Kawari. The theme of the game is that you are building your house full of cute maids, and the game plays exactly like Dominion, except um, you should be ashamed of yourself. One last food update from Gen Con. Hitting up Baz Bo, which 
was way more of a walk than Ling made it sound like. What a bomb. That's right, talking to you, Ling. Uh, I think we shall go back to party and play some more. It is 1.30 a.m. on Sunday night. That's right. I actually stayed up past midnight one of these days. Uh, had some nice dinner. Had some nice drinks. Played some nice games. All pretty good. So uh, on Friday I was in this wonderful War of Honor tournament and my pod was me playing my Mantis Enlightenment whatever versus a uh, Scorpion Dishonor, Scorpion Dishonor, and uh, oh yeah, Scorpion Dishonor. So now I know exactly what it feels to be like a deer in the headlights. On what I suppose is the home stretch of the con experience, getting home. Whether you drive or fly, it's always a bit of a letdown. The fun is done. Back to real life. Welcome to the Strange Assembly Gen Con recap. You might want to know that in honor of the spirit of Gen Con... We are, we are trying to give you the Gen Con experience. Therefore, we are drinking. Well, Gen Con is obviously done and in the books. Here with me for this segment are Kevin Kennedy. Yo. Trevor Valentine. Here is relative. And some dude who didn't come to Gen Con, so why did we put a mic on him? I'll figure something out to say. Because we need somebody who wasn't at Gen Con to ask us questions so that the other people other people Am who I are the listening man? yes you're the straight man part? for this podcast we remember what happened to Gen Con really I thought it was always a good idea to have me be the straight man because if I try to be the funny man I'm the straight man anyway we can't all be winners this. <laughs> speaking of winning a lot why don't you talk about your Gen Con experience Trevor I won the lottery at War Honor <laughs> The lottery? <laughs> the lottery. What's the lottery? Uh, my round one pot was me with my Mantis Enlightenment Military Switch versus uh, Scorpion Dishonor, Scorpion Dishonor, <laughs> and uh, Scorpion Dishonor. <laughs> that I, went pretty well damn, for you. It was great. I attacked once. Did you even <laughs> Did you even get to choose who won by attacking with the people who had been by you, you, uh, had been just sushi and, and right people? I had a thriving light. I could stop somebody. Yeah. I don't know how AJ won that with Unicorn. That's a long story. Well, Actually, we're going to get into that story. Really? Yes. Okay. But Excellent. Do we want to just start with War of Honor instead of starting back on Thursday, since we're, that's Thursday. where Trevor started? You can do it in order. Hey, you guys mentioned something. I don't know how to yeah. get to Thursday. I don't know how to get to Friday. Okay, well, we'll get back <laughs> to War of Honor on Friday then anyway. So Thursday, both of you... Kevin, you learned you didn't no, I did have not to, play Trevor. Uh, no, I was going to play in the second chance until I was told that I didn't have to on Friday. I did not get there on time on Thursday to play in the grinder. And whose fault is that? Uh, my douchebag hotel mates. <laughs> <laughs> if they had started before, if we had started our drive before 12 o'clock, I would have been there in time to play the grinder. But he wanted to start the all-night drive late at night. It's planned. Just drive faster. There's no cops. Hey. 
I drove as fast as <laughs> I could. Assembly is not indoor speeding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I started my drive up to uh, Indy um, on Wednesday, like a smart person. It's 11:59 still Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, although I suppose other people are actually capable of sleeping in the car, whereas I'm not. I also you are capable. Oh, I can go out like a rock. I also in the had car. other things I needed to do on Thursday, like talk to people about my games. But I'm sure nobody wants to really hear about that. It was kind of boring. I mean, I was talking to people at the exhibition at the exhibitors hall yes. to see if they would look at my games. Okay. Because I have multiple games that I'm working on. Okay. So did you end up playing in the Invitational, Trevor? No, I was making money. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were hustling magic cards. I was hustling magic cards between different dealers and turning a profit. Yeah, so nice. I, I believe you more than covered your Gen Con expenses? Uh, yes. Several times over, I think. Good work. Th- thank you, Modern Format. Thank you, Modern, for being announced. I basically did as planned on Thursday. I went and played the RPG twice. It actually turned out that the second chance, not the second chance, the invitational thing started earlier than I thought it did, so I couldn't yeah. play the RPG and then do that. So I, I did two Heroes of Rokugan sessions. The first one I was not terribly thrilled with because I am not a fan of characters whose primary slash only social feature is trying to sleep with other characters, and there were more than one of those at my table. If there's any girls there, I want to do them. Hey, if there's... That is correct. (laughs) And then once I've done that one, I want to go see if I can do the other one. And oh, by the way, my character's name is Jack. (laughs) Samurai Jack, come on. Yes. But hey, if there's two of those people, you can just put them together and send them off to a corner of the room, right? That's painful. I don't even want to think about that one in my head. So Uh, I I assume this was before the clan dinners? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and then I played again in the afternoon, and that session I actually enjoyed. The first one was kind of, uh, eh. So, I guess that's what happens. I We need to make time. Jay, who's um, in the room, but is stuck without a mic. Maybe Hi, we can Jay. make him uh, GM again for Heroes of Rokugan. <laughs> Jay says no. And then, yes, and then we had the clan dinners on Thursday nights. Uh, I know, Trevor, oh, you did out. show up at the Mantis Clan Dinner because it was at the same place as the Dragon Clan Dinner at Rock Bottom. We had a knife fight. That was pretty cool. You had a knife fight? Yeah. Dirty hey. Pirates. You're going to have How to How does explain. this happen? How? Name names. Butter knives. They kill people, too. Yes, you're hilarious. I know. Yeah. Maybe we should arrange some multi-clan thing where we just call Rock Bottom and tell them we're <laughs> going to over. seat 60, 70 people there and just pile them all in. Although at that point, that, you can't really set up a table that long no. long enough for everyone. They have a basement. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, probably yeah, they have another, another area. There you go. Can we, can, uh, we can reserve the basement. They can hide us in the basement away from the other customers. That's not bad. I wonder. Some places have. I've not... heard some people were having a knife fight. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it's butter knives. Apparently, with butter knives, so it's not a oh, real okay. knife fight. It's just a matter of who gets butter on their opponent. 
That that sounds like a much better thing to do at a restaurant, too, let me tell you. Well, this is like the lamest Gen Con story ever. <laughs> yes, uh, it has turned into so that. It what? started off awesome, and then it turned into lame. It, no, it started off lame because, you know, if he says two of us had a knife fight, he doesn't actually mean say that us. one guy was a knife stabbed fight. someone else with a real knife. So what happened at the Phoenix dinner? Where did you even have the Phoenix dinner? Some we had place? the Phoenix at the dinner at the Weber Grill, and I didn't stay for all of it, unfortunately, because I had a Inwo event at nine, I think. An Inwo event? Illuminati, Illuminati New World. I realize what it is. That's why I'm questioning it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point, Justin. I actually like that game. I mean, I've got like it a was pretty epic, one with everything bo- sitting in a closet somewhere, but. I also bought it like 15 years ago. We, we turned Ross Perot into Messiah, tried to assassinate him with a car bomb, his head got stuck in a jar, and then we nominated him for the Supreme Court, and he died from the nomination process. That sounds about right, but... Yeah. And then I won. So it was, it was a win-win situation for me. Um, but yeah, we had the, the uh, Phoenix dinner at the, the Weber Grill, and uh, we had a pretty good show out, actually. We had like 20-something people. And had like two full long tables of people there. Like, how many people make it to clan dinners? I've never been. We only had like sixteen at Dragon this year. It's enough you can cram around a huge table where not everyone can talk 30? to each other. I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I'm bad at math. There were a lot of mantas. I, I I quickly learned from my my first clan dinner that if you want to be in on the conversation, sit in the middle of the table instead of at the end, like you know, you're the lord of something. Um, yeah. What if you are the lord of something? Well, well then, then you won't get to talk to people. Then you won't get to talk to people. They don't get to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the lord. And conversely, if you don't want to talk to people, then sit at the end of the table. I sat at the end of the table. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I've been at Weber Grill once, which was when Roku Mart hosted that murder mystery thing several oh. years ago that was supposed to be like the thing they did it to death at Mikado. I found the Weber Grill overly expensive and it, it not was, noteworthy for its price. It was kind of pricey, I admit. Um, I had the brisket because I was wanting to get out of there in a hurry and brisket is always ready. I found the I really, really like the baked beans there, on, ironically. I don't normally I'm like... I'm not sure why that's ironic. Oddly, I should say. Or why we Poor diction. Here at Strange Assembly, we recommend the Weber Grills beans. They <laughs> no, we I don't, don't. <laughs> I don't normally like baked beans in particular. Like I have a particular hatred of baked beans, and I like their baked beans. Why would Basically, you can beans? Okay, see baked. I have no idea what to do with the Weber Grill. I suppose they one use, could question why you would travel from the South, where like baked beans, yeah. <laughs> where the the only cuisine native to the state of Georgia is barbecue, is barbecue and beans and Cause, cause these I sides. I love barbecue. It was the only reason why I went to the New York Cote. That's also probably pretty poor That's decision making That's an expensive trip to eat barbecue. <laughs> yeah. It was a convenient excuse to do a lot of things. There's a Bubba's Barbecue Shack somewhere around okay. here. Okay. So... Now that that's like the worst five minutes in Strange Assembly. <laughs> I, dis- I disagree. <laughs> I have heard worse, honestly. Allow me to sum up. Continue, Chris. <laughs> so, did you notice anything uh, interesting on Thursday that you were not personally involved in? I'm usually oblivious. Okay. This should strike no one as a surprise. So, 
Friday, we, as we heard, Trevor did the War of Honor event. As you are all probably aware, I went and did the two interviews. I'd like to say thank you for the people who expressed their condolences about my missed RPG session. I thought I was mostly whining, but uh, okay. <laughs> what did you do? Did you actually I, play in a grinder I on Friday? I played in the grinder. I played against Goblin Blitz and did not see a personality for my first three turns and lost. I played against Breeder and lost. And then I said, I'm going to go to Gen Con. So I dropped and I went to Gen Con and I did shenanigans. And then I had, I had a... You have a broom. I had a, yeah, I had a broom and a camera. And I went around asking girls whether or not they thought what I was wearing was a kilt or a skirt. I got pictures. Someone's a little obsessed. This by segment the way. gets better and better. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about War of Honor. <laughs> like you asked me what I did, and oh. this is what I did. We recommend the audience get drunk. Yeah, we're not drunk yet. In case you're curious, guys, Kevin just apparently thinks that baked beans and his skirt are interesting. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so I went around getting pictures of hot girls holding up a sign that said whether or not they thought what I was wearing was a kilt or a skirt. I got 25 kilts and one skirt. Pictures are not really evidence. Okay, so in sum, Kevin just spent Friday being a perv uh, and then trying I played to take well. pictures of... <laughs> Remind me not to ask Kevin what he did Man, anymore. Guys, I oh think I'm going to have to go to Gen Con next year, let me tell you. I, it's, it's always a trap. Oh, it was awesome, actually. I had the most fun ever. Oh. <laughs> and I had talked to somebody at one of my games, and he said it didn't suck. Oh. Our viewers can't see this, but Chris has had his head in his hands for like a full minute at this point. He'd be like Looney Tunes, you know, one of those Jeffrey Kane's pulled off the really, stage. really, really enjoying his reaction. It's like watching um, Pierce Morgan watch the funny little people. Oh, have fun editing, Chris. Have fun. <laughs> oh, God. So, the War of Honor event was won by AJ playing Unicorn. And for those of you who saw the play-by-play of that game, you'll know that he won because, in the end, the Lion player uh, invited AJ to come and get the fifth victory point. The other noteworthy thing about this for the the broader value of the storyline is that this was the successful pulling off by Dynasty and Friends of Dynasty of the objective of trying to get Unicorn to win War of Honor so that they could request Chagatai's son and request that he be a Kolot. Uh, Not successful. <laughs> we, successful is relative. Well, they, they, they managed to win the tournament. was one I meant to say successful. It is, I think, still up in the air whether or not the Kolot request will be granted because yeah. Case won the Thursday storyline event and requested that the guy be Kolot and was denied, thus prompting all the Dynasty players to put stolen merchandise in their deck. <laughs> I was about to say, what Kate was Case wasn't run, running stolen merchandise in his deck. But I guess to me, I'm not terribly thrilled. If you remember the you know the last time before Gen Con we talked, I know one of the things we mentioned is it's kind of lame when you sit you know on those random occasions if you sit down at a table and there's two buddies who are two guys who are friends 
and they're like, oh, look, we're just going to work together, and you have no chance. And uh, then like you have, like... Three scorpions? Well, that... You Turns just also out we had were no right chance. to be worried about this. But, yeah, I mean, you... you Basically, at the very first War of Honor storyline tournament, it was taken to its extreme logical conclusion, which is to have a group of, I don't know how many participants there actually were, 10, 12, I don't, you know, a quarter to a fifth of the, a fifth to a quarter of the people playing in the storyline tournament were basically in on the, except apparently Deneen didn't actually play. I don't think Dan showed up in time. He's just the mastermind. So, I mean, it, it's not against the rules or anything, but I think it's, I think it bodes poorly for the long-term tournament viability of War of Honor, because there's a big difference between, fortuitously, two people completely unorganized happen to be in the same game <laughs> and work together versus, collusion. you know, we just walk into that, well, I don't know if collusion's really the right word, because it's not against it. the, the rules to do it. Does it. Is collusion necessarily a legal cooperation? It, well, it's not necessarily illegal, but it, you know, it it indicates somewhat nefarious and secretive. And I don't know that it was. I don't think it, it wasn't secretive. I mean, if you were paying attention, no, you knew what they were doing. This was happening. Yeah, I it. Well, everyone except well, uh, oddly enough, when they got to the final match, the two other guys in the final match were like brothers, and they uh, were not cooperating okay. with each other. Well, not well enough. But the two other guys in the final match were not aware that Scott was trying to get AJ to win because on Saturday I was seated next to the Crane player who got second at one of the rounds, and he was talking about that and openly wondering whether or not the Lion player just didn't like Crane or Crab <laughs> or did like Unicorn or anything like none of the above, dear sir. I, I didn't have the heart to you know tell him right there. Maybe like, War of no, Honor should just be played as a doubles event, you know? Well, that was something that I had hoped to see in War of Honor before it came out was team rules. And, yeah, so it it's harder to have a viable tournament format that requires teams because then there's whatever way you do the teams, there's inevitably some way that you need to build your decks together. Yeah. Which just makes it harder for people to have a War of Honor deck sitting around. They have to adjust it based on their teammates. But since for each. what happened this year isn't against the rules, I'd expect to see pretty much the same kind of thing at any old War of Honor tournament. The pods are random. Yeah. Well, no. And I mean, it 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 would probably have been better for War of Honor if it had not succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not the by... The inaugural tournament. Yeah, it's it's not in any way a lock that, oh, if you no. get the people to do this, that they're going to end up winning. Uh, especially if your opponents actually know at the start of the game that you're working together, then they can immediately know that they need to start working together. Uh, Surprise, but I, I don't, it's a team game, then. Well, you have to try to turn it into a, a team yeah. game, which is, it's hard even if you know about that. Now you have to kind of decide... You know, is one, at what point does one of you decide that they're willing to lose yeah. to let the other guy win? And I don't think that there's any way you could make a rule against somebody suggested basically trying to change the rules so that you couldn't get your last victory point by being invited to ally. 
Huh. Multiplayer politics. But well, it, no, no, that seems yeah, that just, seems really, really difficult to enforce. No, 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 no. Literally, no. That's not difficult to enforce. That's why you theoretically could actually do it. It would literally be if you're the ally, you can't advance to the fifth path. Oh, okay. So, you know, you would have to. If you're military, you have to wait until your turn. Or, you know, if you're enlightenment or honor disorder, you have to wait until you get attacked or something. I mean, there's there's all sorts of. I I don't know. I don't think it's ultimately workable. It's hard to apply to something that's not military, because if you're an honor or a dishonor deck, yeah. you can just advance, or enlightenment, you can just advance in the open. I mean, you can play with a, someone with your dishonor deck and give them every option to dishonor your guy or lose three, and they could always choose to lose three, and there you go. But I did that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah and, and then you get invited as an ally and get you know, disqualified from your victory condition. Yeah, and, there's, and th- th- without... Changing the rule like that, which would have all sorts of knock-on effects and make the end of the yeah. game very strange, there just isn't way, and I don't think there's any way you can do it. If you look at the final game, if you were an outside observer and you didn't know that these two guys were working together, I don't know that there would have been anything in that game that tipped it off. I mean, Scott got hammered right at the start, so it's... Not like he had a good chance of being able to win at that point anyway. And if he hadn't invited AJ to win, it would have just let someone else win the game. Yeah. So there, if you're just looking at that game, there wasn't anything different from a usual King guy getting. Yeah, yeah. Guy, guy gets beat up on. He has. He gets to play Kingmaker, and that's that's part of it. But uh, that was uh, the War of Honor. I yeah. We don't know if that's going to be granted. They did get to uh, obviously. Chagatai Jr., what was his name? Tygo? About the details. I don't know. They did have the story no show up. So he's shown up, and he's not With his obviously a, a good guy. But one of the choices you did get to make, because their request that he be Colette, that's not part of the prize. Yeah. It was just a, oh, and we would like him to be Colette. But what was part of the prize is you could decide if he's ultimately loyal to the clan or to the Empress. And so obviously he's not <laughs> ultimately loyal to the Empress. Yeah. Yes, and then on Friday, like almost every other night at Gen Con, I was ridiculously tired and went home and went to sleep by midnight, which is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do at Gen Con. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think I got home at Friday at like 2. I don't know when I got home. Okay. Uh, What a surprise. Yeah. Saturday, we got to the, what, main event for Trevor, second chance for Kevin and I. Yep. And I think you scrubbed out, Trevor. Uh, yep, 3-3. Three, three. With the deck I wasn't even planning on playing. Which deck were you playing? Yeah, I think Trevor switched from Lion or whatever I, to I Mantis. I hear Mantis Scout was second at the main no, event. No, 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 no. A Blitz deck was second. They happened to be out of a Mantis box. <laughs> oh, no, was, it, was Phoenix second at the no. second chance? Phoenix was second at second chance. Second chance. Oh, second yeah, yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, only on the boat. What a surprise. Yes, yes, it did. I'm sure we'll discuss that. Yes. So, uh, I went 5-2, no, I went 6-1 in the second chance event, and both the second chance and the main event were run using a 5-2... Yeah, super cut. Cut, so yeah, so everyone who was 5-2 or better made the cut, and then the first round of Elims, which was best of one, was then just pairing off however many people you needed to pair off, to make it a 16 to, Yeah, cut. to get down yeah. to a top 16, and the whoever was left at the top got buys in the first round. I was 
in eighth place after Swiss. And in the second chance, that was not good enough to get a bye because there were more people in the second chance. I think that would have gotten a bye in the main event because there were 24 people who were 5-2. So I think the top eight got byes. And then the next 16 had the playoff. In the second chance, there were 27 people who made the cut. And you posted your deck. You were enlightening. Yes, I yeah, played Monk really consistently, actually. Uh, yeah, well, all, yeah, all of my wins, I mean, theoretically, you can military, and obviously you can claiming. I won all of my, my games via Enlightenment. Yeah, I always hear a lot of people say that they win most of their Enlightenment deck games, like maybe half and half military Enlightenment. It's pretty consistent. It's a fire. I mean, everything else just plays itself. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm... Fire's always been the sticking point for Enlightenment. So. Yeah, I, I think the I, I I did I got within one force of claiming in one game. <laughs> well, it that'd be awesome. Turns out Dove Tattoo's pretty good. Uh, yeah, well, it was yeah. the, the and the one force was because it was a uh, Mantis out of uh, Aid Province Strength. Yep, Dragon's oh. Guard City. I got the two rings, but I didn't take the province. So, oh well. No, no one was crying for me since I just won the game via Enlightenment anyway. <laughs> But as Justin said, I went ahead and posted that deck up. It's not that far off of uh, what Petke won the Salt Lake City Cote with. It's new cards there's, from new sets. Yeah, and not even that many. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, it's like, okay, here's a Sawa. Uh, yeah, Sawa's good. Here's, uh, here's some slightly better String holdings. String Victories. Well, String of Victories was already yeah. around. Because oh, okay. The Salt Lake City Cote was yeah. posed before the dawn, oh. so the only new stuff that could be added to that deck was War of Honor and, uh, and Forgotten Legacy. Three, three monk holding. And Forgotten Legacy did not... There's, I mean, obviously there's a lot no, of well, stuff that got some really though. juice, but yeah, no. Enlightenment did. I got Asawa. I think I threw a Colonial Harbor in. Uh, Randomly. Well, I, I was deciding at the end I had... You know, there's Temple of Harmonies, or but a third of the deck isn't monks, and or there's Colonial Harbor, or some kind of Dishonor meta holding, and it, that deck doesn't care as much on on defense, but it gave me the possibility on defense yeah. of being able the to bugs. scare yeah. people. People are really terrified when you can POV. Oh yeah, on the defense, uh, I found it actually interesting. It, it may be, yeah, it may be worthwhile just, <laughs> just for the psychological factor. Sometimes of your, I'm like, uh, the best thing I can do on defense, really, which I, I think I did once, is balance of water in <laughs> someone you didn't attack with, so I can <laughs> drop some rings. <laughs> Win a battle, you know, score the ring of Earth. It's like, oh look, it's that two force Phoenix Shuganja who didn't bother to attack. Mm, come here, <laughs> smack, yeah. smack, 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 get over here. Yes. I I went four three in the uh, second chance event playing TOP military, and uh, I think I, I lost a game to James Matthew playing TOP honor, throughout which I made him lose sixteen points of honor total from having a Colot personality. I lost a game to Dragon Guard City, which is just a really really rough matchup for most of my Phoenix military decks. They have those recursible attachments, and I hate that. Um, the eighth province, bone. <laughs> yeah, the eighth province, eighth province strength is a pain in the butt, and that guidance, 
pretty it, good. I've heard it's good. Every yeah. time I see the, the Madness player sees the guidance against me when I'm playing military, they win that game. Um, Funny thing. And my last loss the Phoenix was, Guidance is pretty good, too, I hear. I hear they're all pretty good. Not as good as Madness Guidance. The, some of them are more some, ridiculous than others. Some of them are more ridiculous than others. Um, and Madness Guidance is in my top two. Um, and then my last loss was to... <laughs> was dumb. My last loss was to Dishonor, and I just did not draw any of my weapons. And I was forced to play with the normal border keep during that tournament because I forgot it in my hotel room. I left my border keep XP at the hotel by accident. It was frustrating. Yeah, I don't know if I saw a normal border keep Period. at all. I prefer it in 90% of decks. Late game, three holdings or two holdings is no good. Yeah. I got good use out of either one. I mean, I got good use out of the border keep, the normal border keep when I when I used it during the game. But the, 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 dishonor, cards is good. the, the dishonor matchup where I didn't see any weapons, I really wanted that border keep XP. Still hate it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Trevor's right. You, you do swing and miss on sometimes by not having the holdings. In the game, I made it to the top 27 or whatever it was, and I lost in the single limb, and one of the reasons was because on turn three or something, I flopped up all holdings. He was I was against Breeder, so he had taken one province, and so and all three of my flips were holdings, so I was getting no reinforcements, and it kind of forced me to have to try to claim right then, because there was I, I probably would not have have been able to with, withstand an assault, so. I had to attack in with my overly small army. He defended, which in that game was the right choice. One of the nice things about claiming an enlightenment is that sometimes defending is the correct choice, and sometimes not defending is yeah. the correct choice. Uh, oh, it depends it, on the rings. Yeah, in this case, well, yeah, it depends on the rings. It depends on whether that they have bounds and water in hand. It depends on if you have a board or stuff. But in this case, defending was the <laughs> right thing. And his first play was crippling weather, which is just yeah. which is game. <laughs> Uh, bye bye. Card's a little I hate strong. that card. Yeah, but why is that card not a terrain? I don't know. But I mean, the point was that you know, yes, had I been playing border keep non XP, I could have tried to get more people. Although enlightenment is never going to play border keep non XP. Yeah, yeah. Same with attachment heavy decks. You really can't because you don't get to see what you need and it's over. Yeah, but uh. One of the other things about Border Keep XP is that it can enable just fate-based combos, even if you're not a whole combo deck. In particular, the the Oni decks that won for- Forgotten Temple Oni. With there's, no, there's no reason for Forgotten Temple not to run Border Keep XP. With their box gets the people back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but they also for- Forgotten Temple Oni. So yes, it won the second chance event. It won the main event. It was half the time. It was in both. I don't know if it was half of the top eight in the second chance, but it was half of the top eight in the main event. But the the way it goes back to work XP is one of the big things that they're... Cut on their wares. What they're trying to do is yeah. to gun for cut on their wares. So I think that they were aggressively Flushing using the, the XP yeah. right away to try to get a caught on a wares. And then, yes, and then with the god flop of, I caught on a wares, your guys. And, and then two Pally Pally Ma, there too. Yay. Or, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I've recently uh, tried out the Oni deck that won, I think, the main event. And I have played against it. It's pretty crazy. I, I had one turn where I was playing against Kuon, and I used my board to keep XP to try to draw into an Oblivious um, so I could kill Kuon before he even got a chance to get to battle with me. Uh, and that was after I used Kalima to get the appropriate Onis to get yeah. into play. It's pretty dumb. Yes. Well, uh, there won't be, there won't be, won't be more much Kalima. more with that, which we'll get to later. But yes, obviously, there was an errata and a ban. Thank goodness. But not for DragonCon. But yes, there is at least one more thing, which is if you want to come down and at least see what me and Jay's, I don't know how many other people are actually going to be in there, but DragonCon is over Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. It's... You're probably not going to come down to Dragon Con. Actually, I would recommend not coming down to Dragon Con just to see us. It's expensive. It's pretty expensive What's now. Twenty for a badge. If you're just walking up at the door, yeah, yeah it's, it's 120 bucks. It's e- even, huh. even just for one day. No, no, no. no, no, no. If you come in for one day, it'll be like 50 bucks for Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> which really? is why which it's is on Sunday, Sunday instead oh, of stupid. Uh, I- I- instead of Saturday, and it's in the afternoon because, of course. At Dragon Con, far more so than at Gen Con, like you're actually stops. doing things. Yeah, yeah it, it does not stop. It's not just random people doing like this Gen Con dance thing. Like well, I don't know what that like. They actually have real dances with real bands and such at I've never Dragon Con. One of the dances at Gen Con that seemed to counter the point. A lot of anime conventions do that too. They just have bands and play music. The local one here has like. More than one dance, actually, depending on what kind of music you decide you want to dance yeah, to. I don't understand but, the concept. But. Yeah, I think it'll be the same weekend this year too. So. Oh, it yeah. is. Always said about Dragon Con is the fight. If I ever do a Dragon Con <laughs> tournament again, it will start in the afternoon because they don't have a ton of people because it's it's pricey to get in. It's not primarily a gaming convention, and uh, I don't want to be awake. If I if, if you're <laughs> awake at ten in the morning at Dragon Con, you did something wrong. Yes. Fair enough. So, Maybe you did something really right. Uh, no, I don't. If think you woke so. up at ten in the morning, you did something wrong. Uh, well, if if I'm still up at ten in the morning, I may as well not be at the tournament because uh, I'm not going to be functional. The last time that there was a full four days of L5R at DragonCon, which was a while ago, I actually did miss at least one of the tournaments because I was not getting up. Yeah, I yeah. St- <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, but that is over Labor Day weekend, so that will actually have. Uh, Wrath of Kalima and Forest of Shinnaman. If you want to play Forest of Shinnaman and, and Wrath of Kalima on your Forgotten Temple deck, this is your last chance. So come on down and. Uh, Good luck with that turnout. If you're not interested in playing those, I'm sure the people I was just talking to won't show up, so you should show up anyway. It's okay, you'll still have all your provinces on turn two. It's cool. We will have. Stuff to suicide with, packs to mm. suicide with. But that's not even the same convention as we're talking about. <laughs> no, it's not. So on Saturday night, of course, everyone knows is a, a big party night at Gen Con, so I played some games and went to bed. <laughs> Sounds about right. I got really, really drunk. I don't really remember Saturday night, but again. The problem involved that drunk thing? No. I don't think so. I got drunk and hanged out with L5R people, or hung out, I should say, with L5R people. Yeah, yeah. La- last year I-, I did that. This year they had the big gaming night, and the swag bag from the big gaming night had in it, it had the original Nightfall and Myth Pantheons and 
promos for everything that they've made promos for. Not really worth thirty-five bucks. Plus, uh, kind of have to agree. Not well, really happy with that. Probably depended on whether or not you wanted Nightfall. Yeah, yeah. That seems like the big item. <laughs> nope, didn't want Nightfall. Yep. Surprise. So we have a, a, at least an extra, maybe two extra copies of Nightfall now. If, if <laughs> you guys have any ideas. I did almost throw mine away until Chris saved it. So. Tournament prizes. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking about having a giveaway for people who, you know, went on iTunes and wrote us five-star reviews. That would work, too. You guys should do that. So, okay, let's, that's what we'll do that. <laughs> a copy of Nightfall to so, whoever, how long should we have this open? What is the end of time. <laughs> no, well, then no one will ever get it. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> let's say by the end of September. Till, okay, I was going to say till the Forgotten Legacy cards, I mean, till the Forgotten Temple Tech cards get banned. Too, too soon? Too oh, soon. yeah, yeah. That's too soon. So until the end of September, at the end of September, I will look again on iTunes. People who have left us five-star reviews uh, will five? randomly... Be honest. We suck. No, I, no, we're you, awesome. You listen to the start of this episode if we get this far. You are you are entire in, entirely entitled to go on iTunes and leave us bad reviews, but I'm not going to incentivize you doing that. Uh, I'm not that bad. People look at reviews. Guy. So if you're searching for this, you're not going to look at the reviews. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Well, we got to have a contest for something, but, unless you have a I mean, better idea for a contest. But we do, you know, talk about games that non-L5R players play, so they might want to listen to us on occasion, you know? How would they search us? I don't know. Yeah, you basically have to type in Strange Assembly. Well, maybe you went and... Strange Assembly Night Fight Contest. Maybe you went and searched for, like, Death Watch Rites of Battle Review. (laughs) And then, if you Google that, then, you know, Strange Assembly's website comes up, so maybe then you follow the iTunes link. Yeah, I've done that, like, three or four times. But why would you read the reviews when you click get your free podcast? We could end up linked on, like, you know, Board Game Geek or something. Link like the guy with the green head and sword. Okay. Just puzzles. So. Wow, <laughs> this is just a really spectacular. Why don't we even bother talking about, like, events that we went to? Uh, it just doesn't I, go I well. I did the second chance and then I got drunk. That was my Saturday. Shen kind of also making a lot of money, usually. Yeah, so then, so then Sunday, none of us had L5R to play, because... Because we suck. Yeah. We do suck, but I don't know that not playing L5R on Sunday at Gen Con is necessarily evidence that you suck, because that's true of virtually everyone, including some very good players. Good I, as I, I did the normal Sunday Gen Con thing, which is I woke up at, like, noon with a hangover and then, and then went to the exhibitor halls to try to, to last minute deals get last yeah. minute deals cuz those people are desperate to sell you games on Sunday. Yeah, I did I got not... a $75 game for 30 bucks. What game? Galaxy Trucker. Keep Galaxy Trucker game? Yeah. What did I do on on Sunday? I did mostly go to the exhibit hall on Sunday. I had raffles at the big game night. And one of the the last one for the night was a raffle for one copy of everything that AEG had in the booth. And of course, the guy who won it was flying. Yeah. Uh, so I bought his copy of Thunderstone Dragon's Fire on Sunday. Yeah, I was not impressed with that coupon either. 
Well, the coupon was very nice. It was, was a... Was it or was it a trap? Well, <laughs> yeah. It was a trap. It, it was half <laughs> off of any one item in the AEG booth, which included... Potentially, 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 yeah. sets of Forgotten Legacy booster boxes of Second City. However, about three seconds after the exhibit hall opened, I, I was there when the doors opened on Sunday. It was not in time. That stuff was gone. Uh, so I think actually the uh, I, I mean it worked. It must have like the people who got to use them for stuff that they wanted. It must have worked for them. You know well, what? Two hundred and fifty tickets, maybe. Maybe twenty five. Could they want? It's I think actually the second city boosters were were. I mean starters were sold out on like Saturday. Starters were boosters were. I think three people before me in line. I was I was really <laughs> pleased. Oh, I should mention that going to the AG booth in the exhibit hall, we got a sneak peek of Emerald Edition. Emperor. Emperor. Yes. Yes. E E is same thing. E E E E. Yeah. So we already talked about the results of the main event and the second chance. So. Yeah, I guess, what did we, we see at the, at the, the AEG booth, yeah, they had Emperor Legal Demo decks, and that was actually something else that they had at the big game night. There were two yeah. more mini storyline tournaments, one of which was sealed deck with the demo decks. So everything in the demo decks is EE Legal except for the River Port or whatever the yeah, fake yeah, the, the booster border keep uh, is, but as has been pointed out, you have to basically have to buy a starter deck to actually play anyway, at which point you will get... yeah. Yeah, a border, a real border keep. But so. it's previous to strongholds now. Yeah. Yes. So, if you haven't seen them online, what Crab Berserkers? Yes, was one. Yeah. Crane got the cute Natomo XP. XP with favor infinite favor tokens, yeah. which seems pretty good. Well, I'll say I, it's kind of unfortunate. They felt I guess they wanted to do the their political theme, and that's what the stronghold happened to be. It's a very messy box to be putting in a demo, demo deck. deck like, yeah, yeah. Here's, yeah. This, here's this Imperial Favor mechanic, and then let's just break it, or not, bra- <laughs> not, not break it in a broken way, but just completely change how it works for the purposes of the one yeah. deck that really cares about that in the demos. Uh, Dragon, had the one, virtue, right? Dragon had the one reprinted Stronghold, Pillars of Virtue, because, you know, Monks is always going to be what the dragon thing is when yeah, they're when they're demoing stuff. Uh, yeah, when they're introducing new players and doing dragon. Did Lion have their scout box? Scout box. Fake so terrains. Now, yes, it puts terrains into play, so now we know that you can actually use those, those yeah, all lion the cards that look for terrains. That look really horrible right now, but it'll probably look, look better after the set Emperor edition comes out. Yeah, Mantis had the uh, fixed Cuden Sarucci. Pew pew. Uh, Phoenix was the, the spell, spell box. The spell box where you generate money for spells. Yeah, that's what eight eight. I is uh, eight extra gold per turn cycle. Good. Does that work out for the AV? Right. Uh. No, it doesn't actually work out for AV, but <laughs> it's got potential. There's space for attachments. And only attachments. It's pretty good. When you play it, like what was Scorpion? Scorpion was Ninja, which is a souped-up Hidden Moon Dojo, but it does have a different starting honor down to zero, right, if you're a ninja? That's what ninjas do. Yeah, oh, well. Yeah. They don't lose honor anymore from ninja cards. Yes. Spider have a Dark Virtue box. Draw a card the first time each phase, phase? Yeah. Euphoria. So they need to never print open Dark Virtues. Like the new <laughs> insight that's really amazing. I think, it, isn't it already too late for that? Yes. Yes, it's way too late for that. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. All the Paragon cards suck. 
Maybe they'll deck themselves. That's how you lose, right? <laughs> and then Unicorn had, I don't even remember what, sends guy home who doesn't have followers? That sounds about right. Yeah. I didn't pick the Unicorn either. box. It's like a commander box, I think. Yeah, well, it's someone who has, like, a personality who has fewer followers, fewer, equal to or less than followers than your guy, but that just means you can, even if you don't have followers out, you can just send someone who doesn't have followers. Yeah. Uh, But those lists you can find on the the AEG website in the forums anyway. Anything else interesting or crazy? Uh, At the AEG booth? No, in the starter decks. These promo decks, I guess. I didn't really see anything new in the starter decks. Sniping? Double arrange attack? Was that in there? Yeah, I I haven't looked over the list. I know that the dragon players were kind of whining about that because, well, there's there's a handful. You know, there are some people that are like, "Oh, it, we didn't get a new box," which I think got over pretty quickly. But it's also that there are an awful lot of blank personalities. So, demo deck. yeah. Well, I I don't know. I see another thing. I haven't really like sat down with the other demo decks and see is it like sixty percent blank personalities in the other demo decks too? Probably. Right. I uh, saw two or three. So. I just happened to have noticed that people were yeah. griping about the dragon one. That's the main thing. It, and I, actually, I take that back. I did see a, a new card in the Phoenix deck. Now I remember. Yeah, well, the dragon's new one. There's a, like, soul of Tagashi Oki, a soul of Tagashi Akagi, a soul of Tagashi Shintaro. So that's, like, one playable card out of three. It's not bad. It's really hard to say anything about them right now. They're not legal in the CE environment. We don't have a clue about what the EE environment is going to be, not until we actually yeah. see the yeah. set. And we say as if we actually have a clue about the CE environment. <laughs> yeah, how much did we talk about in the pre-Gen Con episode about how Oni was going to win everything? Oh, yeah, not at all. Hey, I wasn't here for that. Yeah. But honestly, yes, I, I was... <laughs> I don't remember being here. I was more afraid of Forgotten Temple Goblins than I was of Forgotten Temple Oni. Goblins you can honor out worse. Easy. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm used to also playing my, my Temple of Purity Military against, de- deck against Oni, and I actually have a reasonable matchup there. It's weird. Well, that's because it's a military deck, right? Yeah. But not your Mil- two, two provinces. Well, they don't, no, they don't but, have enough force for two provinces against my deck. But Wedge. They're not playing. Obviously. <laughs> the Oni deck that one has better matchups against Honor and Dishonor than it does against military. Which is saying quite a lot. Especially because when you get to late game against that kind of thing, especially against Honor that doesn't even have a chance of being able to insta-win. I mean, it's hard for Dishonor. A lot of times you can have the Dishonor player dead before they can have done 19 things that could possibly cause you yeah. an yeah. Honor loss. Yeah. And the Honor deck can't insta make you insta-lose. So if you get to pop, you can either go for turn two, double right, oh no, oni, or just a late game Wrath of Kalimoff for, for five, six guys. Five yeah. or six guys, yeah. and now there's just no way that they're going to be able to yep. stop that, that swing. Especially if you're keeping up the pressure and taking a province every turn before then. AEG at their booth. I mean, they had Ninja, Legend of the Scorpion Clan, which you'll hear our review of also in this episode. Emerald Empire. The Great Clans was the new RPG book. I think yeah. that's what you mean? Probably. Okay. It was uh, gone with them. I got there anyway. They sold out of them on Thursday, and then they brought in some more, and they sold out of them again. Uh, I think they're finally showing up in stores now. I didn't get a copy yet, but I will, and then you'll get a review of that when I get a copy. So I haven't really 
seen on, much Chris, about that. Before you get the copy. Yes, the PDF shenanigans. Somebody put it up in DriveThruRPG as a PDF when it wasn't supposed to be yet because retailers didn't have the physical books yet, and then they took yeah. it back down off of DriveThru. Uh, so then they're also not up in the AEG store yet because they like to give the retailers a little bit of time to sell them. Yeah. I don't think there was anything else new in the AEG booth. What new stuff did you play like around the exhibit hall, if anything? The Lego <laughs> games. Did you actually go play those? They were amazing. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I saw those. I'm like, oh, I'm so hosed when Benjamin is older. I'm like, yep. it's Legos and games. <laughs> I, there were a lot of games I wanted to play that I didn't get a chance to. Um, I really wanted to play Elder Sign, the uh, kind of Call of Cthulhu light game. Well, that's the or Arkham, well, Arkham Horror Light. Yeah, that's a dice game from Fantasy Flight. They, yeah. as always, have a Giant, giant. giant. They, well, yeah, well, not even just a booth. There's like well, a booth, yeah, and then there's three or yeah. four outlying areas that are demos. Orbiting booths. Yeah, I want to take a look at the new Star Wars game, but there was a line when I went, so. One of the big announcements was that Fantasy Flight has the license for Star Wars card games and miniatures games and role-playing games, but I think not, I think not board games. Yeah. Like, there's one category that's not in there. I don't... Well, somebody else probably I, already yeah, has that, or... I've actually never seen a Star Wars board game. Uh, I've seen lots of board games. They immediately announced and then had pre-production demo copies of two games. One was X-Wing, which is a space combat miniatures game. The other one was just Star Wars the card game, I think is all it's called. It's one of their living card games where you shell out however much to get the base set. Yeah. Didn't you play that one? Yes. I played that. It is a cooperative game for one to four players where the players are, re- are playing the rebels and you're playing against the Empire, which has its own deck and it's sort of automated how that, that works. And you are trying to. I think this is. I think each. Yeah, you have a scenario and you're trying to complete mission objectives and at the same time you're getting attacked in space and you're fighting on the ground. I did not get much of a handle on whether or not that game was any good because the demo game of it I was in ended on turn two. Ah, wow. Because uh, on the first so, turn... You know, when you said that you could not play the Empire and get your Sith hate on, I was already unsold. How do you lose on turn two of a game? In this case, each player has their own rebel base that has like ten wound points or whatever. On the first turn... There's a random deck that flips stuff up. It the the dark side got like three star destroyers, <laughs> two death stars, and, and no. Vader. And on the second turn, like over the first turn, I think my my teammate and I got like one damage on our base each or something like that. On the second turn, you found uh, your lack of faith disturbing. Well, there was some effect that came up that made all of the Empire's starships attack you. Oh. And so that, like, you can fight them with your ships. That your ships are how you produce influence or whatever it is that you buy stuff with. So most of our ships, like all of my teammate ships, were t- tapped or bowed or exhausted or whatever they call them in that game. And sideways. Many of yeah, thirty <laughs> sideways to indicate that it has been used. And, and most of mine were my teammate. He had a Star Destroyer and, like, a TIE Bomber against him. All of his ships were bowed. He had one damage on his base, nine damage to his ten health base, 
Done. He's game over. <laughs> pew pew. Uh, my base was then at like eight damage out of ten, and I was by myself, so that was yeah. I think we just flipped up the check, and it's like yes, I would in fact have gotten killed the next game because the star destroyer and the tie that was in his space zone fly over to my space zone now to attack well, me. So to do over there. Uh, yeah. So that ended very quickly. I think I played one more fantasy flight thing. Although they had a bunch of, they had a ridiculous amount of new stuff. Yeah. They had the two star. Oh, the other yeah. thing about the two Star Wars games is. They didn't announce anything, but you know that if they got the RPG license, they're going to be making a Star Wars yeah. RPG. Uh, when I talked to the people at Fantasy Flight about my games, they were like, we have enough games for production for three years. Does they're, not surprise me. We are, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. surprise me at all, but they, yeah, they are, they are full up on games. Yeah, so they had the Elder Sign, they had a Gears of War game, they had Dead Town or some sort of Western yeah. game. They had the new Black Crusade standalone book for the 40K role-playing. They had a Death Watch supplement that I didn't even know was coming out. They had it there as a pre-sale as well. They had the Blood Bowl team manager card game. I've heard interesting things about that one. I haven't had a chance to play that. I did have have a chance to play Rune Age, which is the... Fantasy Flight deck building game. This demo did last longer than the Star Wars one. Than the Star Wars yeah. one. It's what it's set in whatever the Rune yeah. Wars world is, and it has almost nothing to do with other deck building games, except for the basic concept of you start with a small deck and then you add cards to it, because that's that's really a very flexible core mechanic because what you have in I don't know if all games but in in many many games is there's some sort of mechanic where you start out small with limited options and then as the game goes on yeah, you build up more yeah you build up more resources you can get bigger things then you use those to get bigger things the deck building game just had the idea of oh we can reduce this down where your resource is and your deck and everything is just this one mechanics so for that you there are four different factions so you're specifically playing a factional deck all of the factional cards you're the only one who can buy them and the factions are elves and knights and undead or undead and necromancers and then some kind of demons cowboys and it's up to three different kinds of resource that you can generate it's not just i mean like if you're playing dominion it's you buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's Every, everything is just generating you buy gold. Stuff. You buy stuff. Uh, and this is, you have money, and you have military strength, and you have influence. So you use the money to buy your military units, then you use your military units to take cities, basically, and then you use the cities to generate influence to buy uh, other things. Yeah. And you can play it four different ways. There's a full-on co-op mode, there's full-on pvp mode and then there's different scenarios the one they were doing the demo in was a mostly was a sort of co-op sort of pvp thing you couldn't directly attack other players and and damage them to put them out of the game but you could steal stuff from them yeah hinder them and uh, yeah like the the cities would basically be what you steal i played the elves and i talked to some other people who played it and at least in that the demos that they were running the elves felt 
pretty painfully underpowered compared to the other ones. But I don't know if we were missing something or if they had more. They were a more long game combo-y thing because the, the shtick of the undead is like you play Fast. one undead and you yeah. bring more undead back and that lets you do weird things that you don't usually think about in deck building games like I buy one of these basic undead and it goes to my discard pile. And then I can play another one out of my hand and bring back, back yeah. the one that I yeah. just bought. And so that let them kind of get going. It felt like twice as fast as the other factions did. The knight faction digs cards off the top of your deck and possibly puts them into your hand. So their basic guy, you start with five basic military guys and three gold, and three one gold or whatever it is in your hand. And the basic one for the knights was just Look at the top card of your deck. If it's another copy of this card, you can play it. The demons, uh, they got to wound their units when they were fighting battles to draw more cards and get more power out of it, which then has the upside or downside, depending on how you're using it, of taking those wounded guys back out of your deck. And all the stuff that goes back out of your deck, you can just rebuy again at, at a later time, but it can let you thin, it out. thin your, your deck back down. Other than that, there wasn't there was, like, one specific card that could go in the middle. That was one thing. The scenarios vary in this. Unlike most deck-building games, there's, there was no other separate randomization thing, and Kevin's giving me a look like, I don't care this much about Rune Age. <laughs> <laughs> I, like de- I don't know, I like deck-building games. Well, I got so, my, my little piece earlier, so... We know how Trevor feels about deck-building games. Yeah, and, of course, we haven't gotten to... What was probably another deck building oh, game, which was the yeah, most, which was bizarre. the most talked about game yeah. I think among the L five R players, which is kind I, of I saw several people guys, walk away with that. You slash we are pathetic. That that was the most talked about thing among the L five R players. If I'm pronouncing it correctly, it's I'll, I'll correct you. Tanto Kuare. Tanto Kuare. Yeah. Kuare. Yeah. Yes. You go. And my summary of this game is my tongue and cheek summary of this game is <laughs> it's Dominion, but you should be ashamed of yourself. I, I could agree with that. I could agree with uh, that. The concept of the game Say is that cafe yes, deck no, no, you are recruit. You are the yeah. master of the house, and you are recruiting cute, sexy anime maids to work in your house, and then like I'm, I'm training really, them. Really sad. I did not have the money to buy this game. I bought some uh, sleeves <laughs> in that booth, but I walked away. <laughs> and the base mechanic of the game is Dominion. It's you get. You get one employment per turn instead of a buy. You get one serving per turn instead of an action. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the currency for the game is love. See, that's, that's the part love. that does it for me. Yes. That, that, that part, I'm sold. So, yes, it's one love, two love, and three love with, I think, an increasingly sexy picture with more heart pillows on it for the... Jenkins yes. is a weird place. Well, I mean, cute, sexy maids, I'm interested. Love for currency, I'm sold. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think the, what was different, what the, I guess what's different about that from Dominion, because it is really just I mean, Dominion at the core. It can be used in many... Well, yeah. go as far as the gameplay mechanics yeah. go, so you can, uh, you can chamber a maid, like chambermaid, I guess. I don't think the actual meaning of chambermaid has anything to do with how they use it in this context. Probably well, it's, not. it's basically a way to take... Some of the maids are just victory point cards, basically, and it's a way that you can thin your deck and you put them down on the table, and there are a handful of them that do something differently when they're there. Can we just run there. out of ideas for games now? 
We're well, just going to repackage no, them with no, no, girls. This, this game has actually been out in Japan for see, a while. This is an actual see, Japanese oh, game. I didn't hear about this till Sunday, until after the... the oh, they, they were dressed up as maids at the booth, too. Exhibition yes, hall yes, was what closed. a surprise. And they were in the... Was it the cool stuff or the card house? They were in the card house booth. Like, it was all know, one they, booth. Yeah. I thought, well, because you... When you bought it, if you bought the game, you could get one of two things. A little chammy towel with one of the maid pictures on it from the love cards, or you could get a poster of one of the maids soaped up in a bikini. This is what they're shooting for. But, and like I said, this was, I believe, the most talked about game at the L5, like over with the L5R players, other than, you know, L5R. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, if you like Dominion, and, and you don't, don't have any dignity. And you don't <laughs> feel dirty. <laughs> and you're a massive, massive perv. <laughs> so Kevin will totally be buying this. Eventually. It, yes. Yeah, so it's the, the base game just came out in English, and there are already two standalone expand. I think they're standalone in Japanese. So whenever they get them translated, one will come out later this year. I think the other one by the beginning of, at the beginning of next year. So... What else did I see? Uh, there was I, that. I saw... Um, Plathead Games released the uh, Summoner Wars Mastery Set, which introduced like eight new factions to Summoner Wars, and I thought that was pretty cool. A friend of mine had me pick that up for him, and it was literally like nagging me all week after I got back from Gen Con to get it from me. I thought some of the, the factions that they introduced in there were really cool. There was one called the Benders, who were really, really controlly and awesome. Trevor? Uh, you can get out of this segment without a Futurama joke, too. No, we can't. Uh, no, we have to stall until we think of one. But uh, weird games. The guys make Malifaux have this. What's Malifaux? Uh, it's a miniature game. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Bizarre little figures. But yeah, they're utterly bizarre, which is fascinating. But uh, has a what is it? Like eighty-five dollar board game I wanted to try, but it was eighty-five dollars. Yeah, Pup of Wars. Yeah, yeah, you, you eight, eighty-five dollar games. Yeah. I like to play yeah. before I buy them. That's something worth checking out, I think. You can demo that for me first. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say, I, Summoner Wars I haven't played, but I know Tom Vassell had repeatedly talked about how much he loves it. So. I, I think it's pretty good, actually. I don't know. The Wizards booth was dev- like it was devoted entirely to their Neverwinter multi-platform launch, like the Neverwinter RPG book, along with the Legend of Drizzt board game, and... I, I didn't even go over there. It was too a... good today, oddly enough. I think I've just kind of zoned out everything that Winters, Wizards has done since 4th Edition came out. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because as I've noted with some of my reviews, there are more RPG books than you could ever possibly play. Yes. Yeah. So I like RPG books that are at least interesting to, to read, read yeah. in case you're never going to play it, and you cannot read a D&D 4th Edition book. Is, is it a cave painting? They have little plastic uh, figures. And... You, you, you can't. I mean, if you're playing, it may it's be basically, useful, but... You have this feat and this feat, and then you have this feat that you actually want to take, and then you've read the book. But well, yes, and if you're not playing, those are the you kind of glaze yeah. over those little stat block things anyway. Uh, I'm trying to think, what, there were seven thousand other things in there, but there was oh yeah, I went into is it Cloud Nine Productions? They do a bunch of little small RPGs in Victoriana. They of no interest whatsoever to anyone but me probably. Is they apparently have a game, a, an RPG line. That they were sold out of the Corbo Quartz, so I couldn't even look at it when I was in their booth. Which is Abney Park's Airship Pirates. This oh, is Oh yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah, Abney I'd Park is a band. Oh, never mind. I don't imagine that they had anything to do 
with the creation of the game other than lending the concept to it. They play at Dragon Con often. I don't know if they are this year, but they have. And I like the band, and I'm like, I saw the the big sign they had up for it, and I'm like, that, I don't understand. Is that a, a supplement for something? And no, it's its own game. But yeah, they're a, it's steampunkish. I don't know. I, you can probably, the band's website, if you if it's not avneypark.com, you can probably Google, Google for it. Yeah. And since I'm pretty sure I can get away copyright-wise with it because we're talking about them, and so I think under good old fair use, at the close of this segment, which, if you're lucky, is very, very soon. <laughs> I will go ahead and put up a clip. I can, I can have a clip from a bit of their music, and then I can get more emails about how I should go back to the little jangly sounds instead of actual music between the, uh, the People segment. People like our jangly sounds. So They did. People were surprisingly fond of them when we took them away. I was surprised. Any, and they came back. Any Gen Con regrets? Uh, I did not go to Gen Con. That is my regret. That is a big, very big regret. I, I forgot to ask the story team what happened to Fu Lang when he died. Uh, if I waited another week, I could probably make another couple hundred bucks on some magic cards. Uh, Thank you, Modern. <laughs> I was not able to get the interviews that I wanted to with Greg Wong in case. That was really sad for me. Yeah, I wish I had been able to demo more stuff. And it just... It takes a long time to make your way through the exhibit hall, see what there is, and then... And then see what you actually want to do, yeah. It sort of depends. I think I had to walk past the... And as you may have noticed, I was interested in it, because I talked about it for like 10 minutes. I had to walk past the Fantasy Flight booth like three different times to actually get an open demo yeah, of, of Rune Age. And like it sounded like you, Trevor. It's like, I yeah. would like to try the Star Wars thing, but... but no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially on Saturday. That thing is... is slam-packed. But... Okay, so uh, do we have anything else to add to the worst Gen Con discussion ever? Is it the worst ever? This is the only one, so it has to be the worst. No, it's not. Is it? Well, it's really, really long. And so if something's long and not good, that goes a long way towards making it, you know, the worst. No, no more comments. End it. Kill it. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. While you're at our website, you can check out the frequently updated main page or talk with us on the forums. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com or you can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter Strange assembly either place. Thanks for listening.